Oh, oh, wait, are we starting? I'm just, uh, I got distracted by watching uh, skating videos on Drew's Twitter. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, welcome <laughs> to Tunes and Tumblr Century Club by Atwood Magazine, your weekly shot of what's new in music. Be sure to give both Atwood and Tunes and Tumblrs a like, subscribe, share, and whatever you do on all the platforms. And you know what? Tell your friends about us. It gets a little lonely in this disembodied sound booth. My name is Anthony, and I don't know about you, but my hot vac summer is in full swing. I'm lathering up my pasty white quarantine skin with sunscreen, grabbing my CDC card, and taking my COVID-50 body down to the beach to cough on as many people as I can. But first, you know what, I I guess we should probably bring you a show. Please enjoy responsibly. We also have a special guest joining us on this week's episode of Century Club. Up-and-coming indie rock duo Pacer will be sitting down with us at the end of the pod to talk about their debut EP, The Terror of Other People and giving us an exclusive session performance of their song, Waiting for the Punch. You don't want to miss it, so stick around to the end of the show to hear for yourself. Or scrub there now, we won't stop you. You'll just have to miss a delicious shot recipe and all of Ryan's hot takes. Mm -hmm. Speaking of which, we all know that drinking alone is a sad, sad business, so I cold-called a couple of dudes on the Ed Hardy newsletter mailing list and asked them to join me on the air. Uh, How fucking dare you? Jeez. Who are you guys? Ryan, your music connoisseur. And Pedro, your utterly offended mixologist. (laughs) Thank you for joining me, guys. Uh, So, Pedro, tell me, how is Mr. Hardy nowadays? Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) We're the Hardy Boys. We're the Hardy Boys. (laughs) At this point, it's vintage. They haven't been around in how long? Oh, yeah, at least like 20 years. They're ready to be brought back, ironically, I think, at this point. Well, Limp Bizkit's on tour. Um, They're (laughs) probably going to be sporting the latest styles at... uh... Leave it to the Zoomers. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, Affliction, Ed Hardy. Affliction. Let's bring it back. back. Big dogs. It's time. (laughs) What? (laughs) You know, one of these days I'll stop making these bad jokes, but that day is not today. (laughs) Oh, well. Let's move on to the news desk. First... It's still Pride Month, and we aren't wearing our bedazzled thongs on the show anymore, but You're it's not. still going strong. <laughs> Just this week, queer non-binary artist Kat Cunning released a new video for their song Boys that celebrates trans youth. Rolling Stone reports that the heartwarming video features an entire cast and crew of trans or non-binary folk. At the end, Cunning and the Boys cast are shown wearing jackets that spell out protect trans youth. In a statement, Cunning said, I wanted to do my part to help represent the diversity and beauty of the transmasculine community that is so often erased, exploited, or hardly peppered into the media. They continued, Making this video, we collectively agreed our community needed to see trans joy. We are queer 365 days of the year, and while we stand every inch of the umbrella representation, this is a much-deserved moment just for the boys. And with this being our last episode of Pride Month, I thought it would be nice to shine a light on the sometimes forgotten tea of the LGBTQIA plus community. Let us not forget that our trans POC forebearers who hurled bricks at the police so that we could have our parades. Who wants to take it next? Uh, I can. A David Bowie painting that sold for $4 at a thrift store is now up for auction. Yeah, this is right up my alley. This (laughs) comes from Ariel Redding via NPR. A painting by the legendary rock star David Bowie is up for auction, and it could sell for tens of thousands more than the purchase price. An unnamed seller picked it up at a donation center in Canada for $4.09. 
it's Canadian dollars too. So oh wow, keep that in mind. <laughs> it wasn't until later that they noticed the signature of Ziggy Stardust himself on the back, signed in '97. As of Thursday morning, the highest bid for the D Head XLVI was nearly forty thousand. With another week to go on the market, being run by Canadian auction house Cowley Abbott. The painting, a vibrant blue and red acrylic artwork, is part of a series of 47 pieces of art that Bowie created between 95 and 97. He titled the series Deadheads, also known as D-Heads, and each piece included a non-sequential Roman numeral. This isn't the first time Bowie's work has been found in odd places. The earliest known recording of his singing from 1963 was found in 2018 in a breadbasket of a former <laughs> bandmate from one of his earliest projects, a band called the Conrads. Oh, so, wow. So this is my dream come true basically dude you, is... you have to like start yeah. a quest uh-huh. to like find the other ones you you bet i am it's already in <laughs> it's already in motion it's nice to see news like this uh amidst all the nft news <laughs> yes that's right <laughs> in other david news david burns american utopia is coming back to broadway the theatrical concert played for about five months in 2019 2020 obviously had to stop because of covid but uh it's coming back in september uh, the show is based on his 2018 album of the same name, American Utopia, and it's going to have a longer run of about six months, at least, as far as they're planning now. Uh, Byrne is joined by an 11-piece mobile ensemble who will play songs from American Utopia as well as other tracks, including some Talking Heads material. I was, uh, it's also streaming on HBO Max for anyone who has it. I just watched it, and it is, it's great. It's basically, it's typical David Byrne. It's like, you know, cardio exercise, but with instruments and music. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really great. I mean, he, him and his whole ensemble, they're all wearing the gray suits and there's constant motion. All the, I mean, it's all live music and like everyone's instruments are strapped to them. It's really great. And he plays one of my favorite songs, Lazy, which he did with Express 2 back in the day. Nice. Um, I fucking love that song. Um, yeah, it's really great. Original ticket holders, uh, apparently will be honored in some way. They're supposed to go to the website and see how to proceed. And there will be more tickets available since they moved up to uh, a new capacity. So yeah, if you're if you're looking to watch this live, it's going to be on Broadway in September. Get your tickets. Uh, if not, you can stream it on HBO Max. But nature is healing, and live shows are coming back. <laughs> I'm just looking forward to seeing David Bird prance around the stage, knees to chest. It's so good. Like he's so active still. I don't get it, but mm-hmm. yeah. Well, thanks for bringing us up to speed there, gents. Even though we're no longer in quarantine, I think that it's nice that we can come back to the Century Club format to keep up with current events, you know, mm-hmm. talk about artists we can only dream of having on the show and uh, feature up and coming performers and most importantly, do shots on a Sunday afternoon. What? What? Yeah. But before we do that, we need to blast those tunes. Ryan, what are we toasting today? Today, we're toasting to Shy Away from 21 Pilots, brand new album, Scaled and Icy, out now on Fueled by Ramen Records. Mm. Well, I got to be honest, guys, I've never been a huge fan of 21 Pilots, but I do respect their hustle and their willingness to experiment with new sounds on every subsequent album. Scaled and Icy, to me, it feels like a ray of sunlight after kind of like the bleakness of quarantine, even if the subject matter sometimes veers dark. But that's a juxtaposition we've talked about a lot on this show. Anyways, I'm getting ahead of myself here. Pedro, do you have a shot that we can down while blasting this bop? I do. I love 21 Pilots, and I've loved them for a very long time. And you're right, it does feel like a ray of sunlight in, you know, post-quarantine, even like in sort of the the progression of their music, it feels sort of lighter than stuff before, even though it is dark sometimes. But anyway, Scaled and Icy is just another step in the evolution of 21 Pilots' music, and kind of want to do go off of that theme of being icy and fresh because they always are coming out with something new, something a little different, something that sort of pushes their art forward. 
Um, so this shot is creme de menthe and creme de cacao. So it's very icy, but it's also very sweet, sort of like biting into a peppermint mm. patty. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going gonna, it's gonna to give you that burst of freshness. This is what it feels like to chew five gum. But <laughs> it's got a little blue curacao in it to give it that blue color like, uh, like on wow. the album. And then I sprinkled some pink edible glitter on top to give it the scales and oh. to also match the album. So it's got the scaliness, it's got the iciness, and it's got the color to it as well. So this mm. is a scaled and icy. Yeah, so this is another one of those we have to take it all at once shots, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, Oh, boy. Yeah, Yeah. and if you remember the last Century Club we had, I barely made it out alive. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? I'm not going to shy away from it. Let's do it. (laughs) Do it. Cheers, Cheers, everyone. Cheers. Here we go again. Ooh. Whoa. Mm. Nice. It's like minty but smooth. Wow, you weren't kidding. Yeah, Yeah, that was... uh... Yeah. It's like mouthwash I can swallow. Mm Mm-hmm. Exactly. (laughs) I get the sensation that I'm standing on a hilltop. <laughs> when you said peppermint patty, I thought oh, like taking a peanuts? bite or eating peppermint patty. I was like, whoa. <laughs> no, sir. <laughs> hey, hey. hey. Pride month. <laughs> well, Pedro, this, this was actually like a really light and refreshing yeah. shot. And I think it plays really nicely into Shy Away and Scale and Icy in general. I mean, they're a hard pivot from the duo's dark down the rabbit hole, mm-hmm. anxious, worried-minded music. So what do you guys think? Is this a symptom of emerging from quarantine, or is this a personal journey that you think would have gotten here on its own for the band? Like, what, what was the song? They re- it was Level of Concern, I think, they mm-hmm. released. Right at, like, right at the beginning of quarantine. And that sounded like insanely different oh, yeah. from anything they've ever done. So I don't know. Maybe it's just a natural progression of where they're at i think so because right because i always think of them as always kind of nostalgic but like leveled nostalgia yeah like in their lyrics like saying wish we could turn back time and now he's sort of like giving advice to his like brother right yeah this giving is... advice to somebody so now he's been in it long enough where he's not necessarily looking back but passing on advice to someone younger so yeah it feels like a natural progression but i'm sure facilitated quickened by covid mm-hmm. yeah it's actually, that's, that's an interesting note. Like, this is for his brother. Shy Away was actually recorded as a tutorial for his brother Jay on how to use the recording studio. It was done in the voice of Clippy initially. <laughs> initially. I see you're trying to write a radio hit. <laughs> Do you want some help? Yeah. <laughs> Don't use gendered pronouns. <laughs> that, cl- that came with the last Clippy update. Oh, you got the old Clippy uh, song, songwriter. <laughs> oh, you got 95 Clippy. <laughs> oh, no. He's still giving you ragtime advice. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> and we're already off the what rails. What you need is a solid 32-bar uh, intro. <laughs> Instrumental. <laughs> How did we get here? <laughs> Speaking of 32-bar piano intros, the opening track, Good Day, like that gave me big Mr. Blue Sky vibes. Oh, huge. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Big time. And that's also interesting because that song was written when What's-His-Name from ELO was like locked down in a ski lodge and snowed in, and he was writing it about the sun finally coming through the windows Hmm. after this oppressive darkness and cold. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I didn't Mm -hmm. know that. That might have been deliberate. Tyler, (laughs) what's up? (laughs) Yeah, the sound just comes from that whole experience. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We've been scaled back and isolated. Mm. which is what scale the nicey comes from boom yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of fun motifs here mm-hmm. right in songs that shed your skin like a lizard would there's a dragon on the front some nice thematic work some bright pastel colors also the yeah. the, uh, the image of the dragon is a uh, public domain image from the 1860s really yeah 
which I like. We stand people who utilize the public domain. That feels like like it's it works for them. Yeah. Like it's definitely their thing. Isn't Steamboat Willie like about to hit the public domain? Not if the mouse has anything to say about it. Well, they haven't yeah. like updated <laughs> copyright laws. Like I think Steamboat Willie Mickey is like a couple years away from yep. hitting public domain. Oh, that's plenty of time I feel like for them to change it. <laughs> they're probably they're they're probably working in some capacity to um keep it protected i'd imagine oh yeah but it's um, been a hundred years let it go <laughs> no way no <laughs> there, will, way. there will be a hundred more before they let it go like we just got robert frost in the public domain please let us have something else <laughs> you'll I, take robert frost and you'll like it <laughs> there's a great i want to plug something that tech dirt the website tech dirt does they do like a public domain competition every year because every with like music and games and movies like every year things enter into the public domain. Right. And they do a contest where if you create a piece of art, whether it's a game or a book, you can submit it and they have a whole contest. So oh, that's dope. It's pretty mm. fun. Look into that. Public should, domain review is a great resource for that too. We should fire new new girlfriend and just like put a public domain song in the beginning. Just kidding, guys. <laughs> we love you. So let's start. This one's called John Brown's Body. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That like that hit, but then it hit a second time. <laughs> it was uh, like a fucking plinko wall. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, twenty one pilots. Yeah, twenty one pilots. Anyways, there are artists who do the same kind of thing where they change up, and others who really don't. I'm thinking specifically of ACDC, and they like really make that formula work. Is artistic evolution a preferred route, or is there something to be said for sticking to one's strengths? Or even, is that a misnomer? Can change be a strength? I think it can be a strength, but I think it only acts as a strength if it comes naturally. Like, when you hear artists who are just trying to, like, change what they're doing for the sake of changing it, you can kind of tell that it's bullshit and it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. But, But when an artist, like, sort of changes up what they're doing sonically, but you can still feel the core of of that artist like where it sounds new but it doesn't feel out of place like it's obviously just because there's some new inspiration going on something like that i think as a listener you can tell when it's just a overreaching or when it's like natural mm-hmm. you should aim for what john peel said about the fall marky smith and the fall always different always the same that's, oh, that's to strive, perfect something to strive for yeah in my exactly view. you must evolve it's like what usher said adapt or die Mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. must be evolving you can't hold out for the fans this is a, a big problem in the metal community i feel yeah. like they're being told constantly to never well maybe it's not a problem i don't know but <laughs> a problem it's a trend <laughs> <laughs> yeah being told to constantly keep the sound like it was and don't change it up too much but ideas can't uh if you get too stuck in it you know you're it gets stale yeah mm-hmm. so i'm thinking about bands like Weezer or even Arctic Monkeys recently that just like took a hard right turn when following up like what was considered to be their classic record with Weezer it was following the blue album with Pinkerton and like they immediately ostracized a bunch of fans even though that's now considered to be like one of the greatest alternative records of all time but that like kind of put him into hiding and recently Arctic Monkeys followed AM their big breakout in the U.S. with Tranquility Base Hotel and Casino, which I will admit, the first time I heard it, I'm like, what the fuck is this? I know. Like, it's, <laughs> it's like 70s futuristic lounge music. Work my piano. shit out. Yes. I love it. 
Oh, but I that I mean that has come around for me too. Like it's the only Arctic Monkeys album that I have on vinyl. It is perfect for just being like, "Hey, do you want to hear some shit?" Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, he he listens to a lot. He listens to a lot of good stuff and and metabolizes it. Like he he yeah, he takes it. Alex Turner that is, I feel like. They've mm-hmm. always sort of nodded at like classic sounds too. Like they would cover like Shirley Bassey and shit like that back in the day or like Yeah. really classic songs and do it like obviously in their own style, but they've always like had an eye on on yeah. that sound. Mm-hmm. How about in terms of follow-ups? How about following up the Benz with OK Computer? Oh yeah. That's kind of That's the crazy the one. one that, that yeah, a, a, an amazing move, really. Yeah. Or <laughs> even <that>. following <laughs> OK Computer with Kid A. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who gives a fuck what the fans say? <laughs> to an extent, though, you yeah. Can't listen to that like, stuff. You can't. Yeah, you can't really do that. Like, if, I mean, if you're if you're fine, just you know, being in a box the whole time, like, sure, then go for it. But like, yeah, kind of to a degree, who gives a fuck what the fans think? I mean, a lot of that's a controversial comment. Fuck I think. the fans. <laughs> um, no, but I think you'll also, thank me later for this uh, yeah. <laughs> for this left turn I made. But I also think like. As well, you know, just like artists grow, I think listeners can grow and like tastes can grow and stuff like that. So if if you're the kind of person who's sort of always looking for some sort of new music to take in, your tastes are going to evolve and they're going to change and you're going to go through phases and it's all going to grow. And you're going to learn, I think, to like listen to music for what it is as opposed to what you want. Mm-hmm. And there's some trust and respect with the artist, too. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you I feel like certain artists can do it, can are more successful at it if there's trust between their fans like I'm going to yeah. we're going to go this direction and respect like I'm it's going to be I'm not it's not going to be just some big jerk off like I'm going right. to do something it's got to be gen- it's going to be, be worth it's got to be genuine yeah well with that in mind what do you hope 21 pilots try next with their following record I don't I think that's probably a I don't want to like I don't I don't want to expect anything I just who cares what the fans think I mean <laughs> or want really though I <laughs> If if what do I want? I want list, I want something. Just I just want them to keep doing this, like just genuine music, because it sounds like everything they've made is very is just them, and it's and it's pure, and it's it's really good. I love it. That's all I want them to keep doing. I don't necessarily want any specific sound or themes. I just want them to keep doing them. I'm hoping that they try some early '90s. Red Hot Chili Peppers funk metal. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping for some 24-7 spies, some uh, early, uh, some fishbone, <laughs> suicidal tendencies. Why not? Throw I mean, some hey, Mighty Mighty Boss tones. I mean, hey, if they find a way, why not? I keep hearing about a ska revival that's supposedly on the horizon, but I, I'm in trouble seeing it. Well, even, they forecasted it like a hurricane. <laughs> <laughs> well, even yeah. like on Blurry Face, they had like a couple songs that like, they had like a good little like reggae bounce to them. I feel like the they kind of teased like a ska punk revival with mm-hmm. the Interrupters, but like no other band really did it besides them. They're, they're probably out there. They just haven't gotten the. They're just not on the map as much. But yeah, I don't know that you you trust the band enough to go the right direction. You appreciate what they do. I'm surprised you didn't say Ragtime. Frankly, <laughs> <You know. laughs> Ragtime Twenty One Pilots. They've done it. It's all probably They've rooted. They've done it. <laughs> Wait, what? It, they did it. Pantaloon sounds like a very ragtimey song. Have you heard mm, that song? I have not. Uh, Go back. I won't, but good to, <laughs> good to know. <laughs> I'll trust that it's out there. It's out there. <laughs> wow. See, good for them. Might not always work, but you know, yeah. You got to respect people for trying, even if it completely fails. Exactly. Unless the song is accidental racist, then you don't have to respect <laughs> that. <laughs> oh my god, I remember that. With LL Cool J With and L- uh, 
uh who was the other oh it was a country star yeah it was uh, i can't remember we've talked about it before on the have. show it's yeah. a, it was it was an effort it was an effort <laughs> anyway what was it i won't make fun of the gold chains and you'll forget the iron oh, chains God, or something like that by effort you mean exhausting oh. <laughs> Look, 2007 was its own weird time. We got it. I bet you the genius list, like the rap genius, the genius list for that song is probably so good. Like the, <laughs> the annotations are probably so so funny. Well, oh, we've only got tragedy. a couple. <laughs> we've only got a couple of minutes before our special guests join us, and I wanted to ask one more question because I mentioned at the beginning that I was never a big 21 Pilots fan, but as I grow in my own musical journey, I now find them creative and pretty ambitious. Plus, I can't deny how catchy the hits are. Mm -hmm. Uh, Who are some artists you've come to appreciate or just come around to over the years? Billie Eilish, for me, big time. Was it after we did our episode about her last year? Yeah, I think once I had to like listen to all of it, I was like, okay, I fuck with this. And my future is like, ugh, I fucking, Such a good song. I fucking love that song. Chica did a cover of it that's really good. You should check it out. Probably the 1975. <laughs> oh, wow. Did it happen? Yeah. Did it finally happen? Yeah. I, I, it, when I, I heard, uh, if you're too shy, let me know. And I was like, ah, oh, God, it's undeniable. Was mm. it uh, Notes it's of a Conditional ca- Form? Catchy. Just no, it's just that song. Just that song. Just that song. And I was like, damn. No, no, no. Not the album. Yeah. Just the song. <laughs> Yeah, oh my gosh. it never really grabbed me, but uh, that song I think is is brilliant. Yeah, that band's that band's grown grown mm-hmm. on me like a fungus. <laughs> <laughs> a good, a happy fungus, <laughs> a fungi fungus, a healthy fungus. What about you, Anthony? Oh, I'm like really thinking about this. I think other than Twenty One Pilots, Twenty One Pilots, probably Miley Cyrus, Glenn Miller Orchestra. Miley Cyrus okay. is a good one. Like yeah. I always kind of wrote her off in her early days, especially like Hannah Montana coming out of that. Even Party in the USA, like, I didn't like that song when it came out. And now it's, like, an undeniable bop. Oh, yeah. It's so good. And especially her new record, Plastic Hearts. I yeah. feel like she is really coming into her own. She is trying, like, this Joan Jett thing that I think is really working for her. She's really embracing, like, the glam punk rock no. part of her. I think she gets a lot. I think what happens with her, she gets mired down in, like, so much of the public image and the drama and all the bullshit. Mm-hmm. She's an amazing singer. Like, she's a good fucking artist. For sure. Yeah, and she's opening for Guns N' Roses at the show that I'm going to be at later this year. I take back everything I just said. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. <laughs> that sounds like it'll be a good show. Yeah, I read this tweet recently that said the fact that there isn't a Guns N' Roses Christmas album called Welcome to the Jingle is oh, God. <laughs> is a tragedy. <laughs> and with that, I believe we have a Zoom call. <laughs> oh, Yes. <laughs> well as much fun as that talk was it's time to introduce a couple of very special guests they're an la-based indie rock duo who started writing music together in their freshman year of college all the way on the opposite side of the world aka connecticut they bonded over a shared love of music ranging from classical to americana to the ever morphing indie rock landscape of the early 2010s that they've distilled into their debut EP, The Terror of Other People, which hit streaming services everywhere last Friday. Tunes and Tumblers fam, please welcome Eric Peretsky and Jacob Shaw, better known as the band Pacer, to the pod. Woo! 
What's up, guys? What's nice up? to meet you. Thank you so much for joining us. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Can we pause for a second? Are we going to pretend like the that we were doing this like we didn't have a discussion for like twenty minutes? Yeah, we had an we had an issue, so- folks, where we had a very nice conversation with with our guest, the band Pacer, and uh, because Mercury's in retrograde, um, something happened to it. So we are here again doing the Taylor Swift's Taylor version of Fearless, <laughs> oh where gosh. we are getting the demos away from Mitch, and we're going to own So, guys, how does it feel to he be on undo, take bitch. two of our interview today? You know, it, it feels great. It's kind of like when you, when you play a show and like you get to the end of it and you're like, okay, now I'm not nervous. And I wish we could start over. Wait, where's everyone going? (laughs) (laughs) The one hour encore is about to start. (laughs) Yeah, the encore is just the whole show again. Yep. (laughs) Exactly. Well, guys, you just had an EP come out on Friday. First, how does it feel to have your debut out there? Feels great. Even though it's mostly written and recorded during the pandemic, some of these songs we've kind of had floating in various forms for like years now so to have them all finally kind of out in the world is just feels really awesome because now it's kind of the the part where it's nice because since other people can listen to the songs they can actually start to like ideally get to know them Mm -hmm. (laughs) because for the, the last like two years the only people who really know that the songs exist are us Mm -hmm. so that's like the best part of music in a lot of ways is just getting to hope that some other people will listen to the songs and enjoy them. Yeah. First, let's talk a little bit about how it was recorded. You did something almost unheard of in in this era of uh, Pro Tools and, and home studios. You, you kind of ditched the computers altogether and used a Tascam Porta studio, which is pretty similar to what Drew is using here. What made you decide to take this stripped down approach with your music? I think a lot of it came from the music we'd been listening to at the time. We were listening to a lot of, or still are listening to a lot of Neil Young and Gillian Welch, Towns Van Zandt. And I think we wanted to sort of simplify the process and simultaneously push ourselves to write songs that we could perform and convey the emotion and meaning of by just picking up an instrument and sitting down and playing through it. And the Tascam was sort of the most accessible way to do that. Yeah, and I, th- I think similarly, especially in today's age, um, it's kind of easy given how like accessible technology has become to kind of hide the song and like the production of the song, whether that's just like layering like hundreds of tracks or like doing like eight takes of the same vocal until it's like perfectly auto-tuned <laughs> how you want it and i think with the porta studio it was kind of about stripping it down to like the bare bones and essentials of what actually made the song yeah and if you actually listen to that very end of mila the third track you can hear there's a ceiling fan going and that's <laughs> one of those things oh, where yeah. if we had recorded it all on straight to the computer, we probably would have caught that in the moment and been like, ah, oh, there's all this noise. Let's take it out and redo it mm-hmm. like a clean version of it. But when we listen to it now, the artifact of the specific moment when we recorded that is built into the recording and it, it makes it feel more special actually rather than less complete. 
yeah, you lean into the mistake. That's a very like oblique strategies, Brian Eno instinct. Totally. And we were also really, really inspired by Steve Albini, who I don't know if you guys know, he's like the producer and engineer who's done like Pixies, Nirvana, all this stuff. And his whole ethos is really just like capturing performances and moments. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to try to do our version of that, which ended up being a tiny bedroom recording setup. I mean, and as a listener, it sort of just pulls you into it more. Yeah, that's totally how we both totally feel about the stuff that Alvini records. It's like you just feel like you're sitting in the room with them, even if it's not like the most perfect sounding recording ever. Yeah, totally. We actually have oblique strategies. We have the cards in this apartment. Oh, Um, whoa. Do you guys ever uh, use them to inspire the interview (laughs) question? (laughs) No, but we should. Let's pull one right now, actually. We only ever use them for drinking games. (laughs) While Ryan's going to get that, I I think that's actually a really great transition to the conversation that we had about 21 Pilots shy away Mm -hmm. right before you guys got on here. You were talking about the ceiling fan and, and Mila and... Actually, in Shy Away, you can kind of hear Tyler's daughter like cooing a little mm-hmm. bit. And they're like, yeah, let's just leave that in there. It's the whole idea of Scaled Back and Isolated, which is the inspiration for the album title, Scaled and Icy. So Ryan, Ryan is here going through the, uh, <laughs> the, the cards, but I just want to ask this question. Even though a lot of these songs were already in the works by the time quarantine hit, what, if anything, did being isolated the way that we all were due to inspire the way that these songs were recorded? I think in a lot of ways, it just kind of made us really commit to the vibe and the structures that we were already leaning in towards. I think quarantine was such a insular experience that because we weren't like going out and seeing other shows, both of us kind of stopped listening to as much music as we normally do. Mm. I think it just really forced us to just commit to the foundation we had already laid and really just be like, let's just try to make the most us sounding EP we can, because that way, like we won't, we won't look back on it and think like, Oh, we were obviously too inspired by X, Y, Z. We really just tried to do something that sounded like it was us. I imagine that probably like as an artist helps you learn to trust yourself more, your instincts. Totally. And that's so much of the hardest part. It's like now that we're finished with the EP and it's out, we're both working on new songs and it's like you and working on stuff together. And like, you just realize that the the hardest part of music in so many ways is just being like, oh yeah, this little 12 second sequence is actually a good idea. And it could turn into a great song, yeah. but get, having that sort of belief in yourself and the ideas fleeting at best. <laughs> <laughs> Take some bravery. Ryan, you've, you've got some cards in front of you. What are we going to do here? <laughs> That's right. So for listeners who don't know, Brian Eno needs no introduction. I don't, I don't even know where to start talking about his influence as a producer and musician contributor. So he did these with Peter Schmidt, and these were cards made for little tidbits of advice to give artists in the studio, and they're great. And so I pulled a few of them that I thought of based on the conversation we had. Uh, one is cut a vital connection. Oh, shit. Ooh. And I and you guys have done that in some way, I think, right? I I think safe to say. I think we've probably done that in, in a lot of ways, for better or for worse. <laughs> Which ways for worse? <laughs> well, we don't have to go down that path. I'll let you take that. It might not be fun. Well, well, we kind of got into it a little bit with the Task and Porta Studio, mm. 
while working with like analog and all that stuff is really fun there's a lot of great pleasure to modern technology was <laughs> was deeply missed i mean the things on Tascam from like doing an overdub to like being like Oh, now I have to bounce down my three tracks into one. God. Really, really annoying when you're like, oh, like we should just add this cool bell part. And it's like, okay, just give us like 45 minutes to like <laughs> and bounce it down and make sure that we hit all the right buttons so we don't accidentally erase the tape. Oh, you mean like what happened here? <laughs> oh, you just want to oh. add a bell right there. You just want to add a bell. Yeah. On the subject of bells, it took us so long to figure out how to get a proper bell sound because we have this like, it's essentially like a kid's xylophone oh, yeah. with hard mallets. So after a lot of experimentation, the thing that ended up working was just taking socks and a hair tie and oh. wrapping socks around the tops of the mallets to make them have oh, a soft sound. But it around... was just the most ridiculous looking thing to have like, you know, a mallet that was eight inches with just a <laughs> adult man-sized sock on it. That's like a really beautiful piece of folk art that I would love to have in my apartment. I want on display. that NFT. I want that. I want that. <laughs> It's like a different take on the like the Ringo, like the tea, the tea towels on the drums, I guess, mm. sort of a variation on that, right? We'll That's cool. It. That's a great idea. Wow. What I brand of socks? Just uh, um, I thought you were talking about like, what beef do we have? Or like, what, who have we alienated? From? <laughs> I mean, we're not really that podcast, but we could be. <laughs> I think we might have alienated Aaron Carter a little bit on this show. Alienated? We keep inviting him and he won't come. I mean, he's a real masochist. He just got his face pounded in by Lamar Odom, regrettably. I'm telling you, if he Lucky. and I were pals, we could have gotten... Uh, maybe we cut this out. But um, but, uh, but no, I mean, I think it's great to talk. I mean, let's do... We can start a gossip podcast, uh, an ancillary podcast, if you guys want to join. But, I mean, honestly, the, the only beef we have is with this one, like, promoter. I don't even remember what her oh, name oh, was. No. <laughs> I'm fully, you can put this out. I don't I don't care at all. Oh, mask because off. Okay. People who are really just trying to totally fuck over small bands who are starting off. Yeah. And oh, yeah. he, like, hit us up on, like, like, somehow got our phone numbers and was like, hey, I run these shows where you can basically, like, pay to play. Like, but oh, you have to oh, commit God. to buying like a hundred tickets right. and yes. then you don't start getting like a cut of it until the 101st thing. And then we were like, Hey, like, thanks for reaching out. But like, that sounds like kind of unfair. We're not interested. She like freaked out at us. So that's <laughs> our only deal. How dare you? You know what? Do you know who I am? Well, you know, what's funny about those people is there's obviously you've, we've all gotten the IRS phone calls of like, hello, oh, this yeah. is, this is uh, Jim doctor from the IRS and like you owe <laughs> Eighty thousand and five dollars that you need to pay now in and if, visa and prepaid visa cards. Yeah, and iTunes gift cards, and you need to report to the Walgreens and send them to me <laughs> right now. And then if you ever call them or say, "Oh, which agency are you from?" they freak out, which is so funny because like they freak out when you call them on the scam. Be cool, so, James. Be cool. So, the saddest thing about that stuff is they're definitely just like desperately hoping that the number they call is like someone who's over eighty-five. Oh yeah. Yep. And to be like scared and 
give in to their evil scam. Which Look, leads it's... to the next oblique strategies question, which is, do we need holes? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, absolutely, because I would say the foundation of most of, but considering that we have like, like acoustic guitar as the foundation of basically all of these songs, we kind of would just be left with like a plank of wood and some strings. That's true. Right. This so is true. Pacer definitely needs holes. Love that. There's a t-shirt for you. Pacer needs Pacer holes. Pacer needs holes. There's a, I'm going to, there's one, I only pulled three because there's just so many good ones, but this one I liked because it's, this is about, I feel like turning off, like stop, like not listening to music and trusting yourself. It just says discipline, self-indulgence, which mm -hmm. connects to the song we talked about earlier because I feel like you have, what's the line from the song? Shed your modesty. Which oh, I don't you mean 21 Pilot. The 21 Pilot yeah, song, yeah. yeah. We're sorry, we're calling back to the song we covered yeah, earlier. Yeah, yeah, you wrote Shy which, Away, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but like, he, he shed your modesty. I don't, know if, I don't know if we need more of that in a general sense in our, in the, in our world. But I think for music, you, that is, it's tied to um, discipline, self-indulgence in a way, right? Like as much as it'd be great to be Towns Van Zant, it's sometimes you just have to turn it off, right? and get inside yourself mm -hmm. to make something. There's kind of two ways that at least I think about our approach to songwriting or just like getting inspired. There's on one hand, you can, you have like the musicians who like listen to everything and try to just like constantly have music playing in the studio or whatnot. And then there's kind of the other world that I think we fell more into during quarantine. Maybe it's because there was like less music coming out and a lot of albums were being pushed back because they couldn't like mm -hmm. announce a tour with it or anything. Okay, now it's like kind of silent for a bit. And how does that bleed into how these songs are going to come out when like we're really only focusing on them and not really like getting the constant flow of like going out to shows and like having a new album come out every like, four months or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I guess the, the, the sort of other interpretation of the question, the, the first thing I thought of was just one of our real Achilles heels with being productive when we record is that we just really like hanging out. So a lot yeah. of the time like, we would be like, oh yeah, we'll just take like a little break, watch an episode of like Anthony Bourdain. And then it's like, we watch that. And then Aaron would be like, dude, and to make a little curry for us if we'd be into that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and doing that. So discipline, self-indulgence was important to limit the amount of time we were just like, oh, yeah. I'm doing air quotes for the audio, <laughs> but like recharging. Mm -hmm. So the terror of other people, when you listen to this album, what comes up for you? What kind of flavors are you thinking? I know for me, listening to this i'm thinking of like a cold winter's night ironically because it's like 100 degrees in my apartment and just kind of bundling up with something warm to heat you and for me that's a, a hot toddy mm. yeah i think like the perfect way to listen to the ep is to drink a hot toddy when it's like too hot and burn the inside of your mouth <laughs> <laughs> like the pizza, roll, the pizza roll method <laughs> burning hot outside ice cold inside <laughs> I've been hurting my mouth too often drinking. Do we need holes is what I uh, ask. <laughs> Maybe not. Do you guys have anything in mind for this drink wise? It's, it's so funny for, for viewer discretion. We, 
we've talked about a drink so it's <laughs> i know let me think about it oh. <laughs> well let's talk about how let's talk about the writing of waiting for the punch which i think we discussed was about you waiting in line for punch at a wedding <laughs> no sorry 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 that was that was that was dumb that was dumb That's i'm sorry really funny because one of one of both of our favorite songs is slow show by the national and one of the lyrics oh. is punch table swallowing punch which both of us are like oh my god genius line it's for yourself yeah. I'm, okay i'm like genius line says, <laughs> should we you should speak for yourself should we change the byline of tunes and tumblers to just say a national appreciation podcast yeah we talk it about seems this to come right? up like all the time like yeah patrick it, droney was su- is super into the national mm-hmm. oh yeah but i mean yeah we we did have yeah. this great conversation about drinks that's lost to Lost to time, um, oh, but now I'm thinking we should add uh, some like some you know like Jesus juice to the mix of this like some Jesus of that juice. party punch. You guys never had that? Oh, you mean you mean the stuff that's served in like a trash can at college parties? Yep. Yeah, you go you go like to Big Lots and you get one of those massive bins that you're supposed to stash your kids' toys in. Instead, oh, yeah. you fill it with alcohol. Yeah, and you punch. line it. You line it with a trash bag. <laughs> no, you don't. God, you don't. <laughs> not if you're just, doing just, it. Just not if you're doing everywhere. it right. You want the plastic. The plastic gives it the flavor. Oh come on! Jeez, oh, you privileged children. <laughs> That's well, not what I'm drinking when I'm listening to the terror of other people. I am, but it's what I'm drinking all the time. So really, one of the things that I want to repeat from earlier, just because I'm such a brilliant person, um, <laughs> we were talking about gin a little bit earlier, oh, yeah. and how gin—you were the initial ones to bring up gin as as a really good pairing for this, and it's especially good for me because gin makes me sad or more sad when I drink it. So the marmalade gin. We got to oh, do yeah. the marmalade gin cocktail. I think right. that's my pick. So. My alcohol, so I try to avoid it at all costs. <laughs> Wait, say that again. It's, a, it's, it's what? Vodka is depressing. Vodka is. See, that's so interesting. Yeah. I, I guess the other pairing, which is less about the drink than it's the situation, is I feel like the EP is sort of our audio version of if you give someone who knows nothing about wine a really nice glass of wine and you ask <laughs> them to tell you, like, what kind of tasting notes are you getting from this? See, I'm tasting yeah. grapes <laughs> and alcohol. <laughs> they just get so nervous and start swirling the wine in it so much that it starts flying oh, yeah, out of the can, glass. As, as someone who grew up in Napa Valley. Oh, boy. <laughs> the novice wine drinker is the one who keeps swirling it. You're only supposed to swirl it once because that opens it up. And then everything uh, else is, uh, is superfluous. It doesn't really do anything beyond rope. that. And old ladies shag carpet. <laughs> you know what? I'm getting those tasting notes. Like I, I can feel them in my sinuses. Yep. I think old ladies shag carpet just tastes like wine because there's constantly wine being spilled. <laughs> spilled it's just spilled saturated it. with spilled wine. <laughs> so we we've already heard that vodka is the depressing alcohol. What for you is the exciting liquor? Oh, definitely tequila. Definitely tequila. Like yeah. pre pre show, couple shots of tequila, perfect <laughs> to just get you up on stage mm. without like freaking out with nervousness. And uh, to quote Joe Nichols, "Tequila makes her clothes fall off." No one <laughs> knows country go. music. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> yeah, the, is that Joe Nichols? Is a yeah. Oh boy. Uh, country country song from when I was a kid. I forgot oh. that, that, that that no one else shares my the, upbringing. Do you guys yeah. know Joe Nichols? No, I, I said yes, but I think I thought like Mike Nichols, the director, maybe <laughs> dad, something like that. What a nice guy. 
is it nickels like n-i-c-h-o-l-s or like the coin n-i-c-h-o-l-s yeah i was gonna say it's you, a song you mean, from i thought you were talking about bobby missed, nichols from missed the park opportunity on, uh, there right off chandler <laughs> it was a song from 2005 which oh, is some so modern stuff yeah i mean like modern 2005 was like the dane cook era of everything so one more question before we go guys i want to talk about the title of this because it immediately resonated with me and my social anxiety the terror of other people love it but what does it mean to you yeah i mean the terror of other people it's a lot of people think that because it came out during the end of quarantine it's like a play on being scared of, you know, catching COVID or something. But the title for us is more of, I would say, like, it's almost like a, a play on itself because a lot of the songs on the EP are really about like relationships with other people, whether it's like friendship or sadness or love or whatnot. So the title is almost like kind of the double meaning that you get from the terror of other people like we all have like these fears of letting people into our lives or like getting into relationships or the relationships we share and then at the same time kind of like i think if there is something that quarantine kind of showed people is that we as humans even like if you're introverted or not naturally kind of seek out like social companionship to a degree yeah, so in a lot of ways, it's like the the terror is the absence of other people. Mm. And when there's someone who you love and when you care about, terror comes from the threat of of losing them. It's that duality that we talked about with Tessa Violet, about happiness that you have something or had something, and then sadness that it is gone or you will lose it. Oh, yeah, that one word. Oh, wait, no, that wasn't the, with Tessa. That was with, that was with Sad Alex. Oh, that's right. I don't know. Right. I don't remember. But yeah, that, that duality, I think, is captured pretty brilliantly on your record. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much. Yeah. And, and I, I feel that we see a bit of that duality in, in the album art itself. The, um, the two guys who are connected, but like looking away from each other at the same time. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, for sure. It was so the first thing I'll just say is the, the process of arriving at that album art was rather roundabout we were trying to figure out what image and what meaning we wanted to convey and after going through a bunch of different ideas and a bunch of different images we actually ended up stumbling upon this painting that my brother made and we digitized it and ended up using it as the album cover and i'm kind of just thinking about this for the first time now but part of what i like about it is it it's just kind of showing there was a This American Life episode called The Garden of Branching Possibilities. It's kind of about like that idea that sort of the butterfly effect type of thing that mm. like any one decision can lead to a bunch of different ones. Mm. And it, it kind of has that vibe to it where a person's head is splitting in two directions. It's like a mirror image mm -hmm. of one life, depending on any given decision. I believe it, you mentioned earlier, I believe you mentioned earlier you had your brother do it. Yeah, yeah. My, my brother, Ethan. They didn't have him have him do it. He, you found it right. Like he had already done no, it. No, they made or, him. Or they it... sat him down and they said, "Ethan, you're gonna make this fucking album artwork. We're not unlocking this door <laughs> until you bring out a hit." It, it, the if you guys saw Ethan next to us, it would be even funnier because he's like pretty like muscly guy, and we're both like 
string beans. So the idea of us forcing him to do it. Is... Now you see here. <laughs> yeah, you're looking up at him, finger Listen, in his face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so uh, again, this is this is the part of the conversation that is lost in the sands of time. But is there a place where somebody could find your brother's artwork? Yeah, I'll, I'll say once again, his uh, his Instagram handle is nice guys finish in last, which I have no idea why he chose that. <laughs> it like really isn't particularly fitting with his personality and is just a, a really strange sentiment. Family meeting time. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not you're not condoning you're not condoning his his Instagram handle, but you're condoning the artwork. The yeah. artwork's amazing yeah. as a person. He's a phenomenal guy, but just, I don't, I don't really, Ethan, if you're listening to this, if just let me know why you, you named it that. <laughs> Eat, sound you. off in the, sound off in the Call comments. Call in, Ethan. <laughs> Call in. Look, Call Ethan, in. are you a Green Day fan or an MRA? <laughs> <laughs> and there, and so of course though, uh, we'll be repeating it, but I also want to direct people to your band camp because of the great turtle shirt that exists there playing the ukulele thank you so much we we also for any of you uh old school folks who still listen to vinyl we have some some sleek vinyl that's on there okay this sounds like the kind of thing that you'd need is best or maybe better to hear on vinyl i'd imagine to hear all those details definitely yeah like the ceiling fan that's that's definitely the hope well, thank you guys so much for coming on again and having what I think <laughs> is uh, an even better interview than the one we lost. Yeah, use take two, Drew. <laughs> <laughs> use the only take we have. <laughs> yeah, you guys really got the, the loose Jacob and Eric the, the second time. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, thanks again for coming on, guys. We're excited, to, guys hear, we're excited to hear this version of the, of the song. Yeah, Thanks, and... and to just do the 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 quick you know shameless plug, we're on Instagram as Pacer Music, and we also have a mailing list. So if you guys want to follow us or want to join the mailing list, just hit us up. We'll we'll send you updates on live shows, new music, all that jazz. Yeah, awesome, beautiful. And thank you all for listening to Tunes and Tumblers. Tunes and Tumblers is an Atwood Magazine podcast. Be sure to like the show and Atwood on every platform. Also, please rate and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. It helps us out a lot. Tunes and Tumblers was produced, as always, by Drew Fransblau. Our theme song is by New New Girlfriend. We're off for the next couple of weeks to rest and enjoy the 4th of July holiday, but we'll be back July 13th with another slate of amazing interviews and delicious cocktails. I can't wait for you to see who we have booked. It's going to be a real treat. Now, without further ado, here is Waiting for the Punch by Pacer. Cheers. 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 Most nights the room is brighter And nothing you don't want to think it's through like who runs a remission He turns the television To all-time greatest wrestling moves Everybody they know acts like family at first But slowly the list wears down 
friends from New York don't come much anymore. There's no need for consolation anyhow. They used to sit out on the driveway. Guessing the names of every dog in town She would always laugh Even when his jokes fell flat What he'd give to hear her fake it now Sometimes it's half an hour To draw out just one word and they've tried every treatment but her body lives in her Love incompleted will make your spirit rot If you fold it in something it is not Don't help him to rush through the past It seemed like nothing what a mother's mother had But memories like a weather vane It points you to where it's bad She's sitting in the front row and their daughter graduates it's not how they imagine but beautiful all the same she knows the end is coming but it's not gonna be a day and when it does she'll give herself away Shoes all muddy at the bottom of the stairs He just got back from a walk they take a couple times each year Above the old ranch houses in the open autumn air It's easier to bring her back up there Nobody gets it 